The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Let's turn our Bible to St. John chapter 1 verse 1. This is Bible study. So it is Bible we are studying. Praise God. Now if you are watching this by YouTube, do me a favor. Share this link. Make sure people come in and follow the link. Praise God. Media team, let us make sure that we have a wonderful stream, uh, stream um, so that we can ensure people can enjoy uh, the teaching. St. John's Gospel chapter 1 verse 1 says, was, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Last week, we were able to see, okay, that when he says, In the beginning was the, um, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, we explained that that expression word is from the Greek logos, right? Right? Was Greek logos. But we were also able to see that in the Old Testament, the expression for word is what? Dabar. All right? And we talked about, we saw when it says, and, and the word of the Lord came, and the word of the Lord came, and the word of the Lord came. So we're able to see that logos there talks about the personality or the description of the person of God, the reason of God, the logic of God. All right? Which is the same thing, Dabar actually means so we looked at numbers 23 verse 5 where it says he put a word in balaam's mouth all right then we looked at numbers 23 verse 16 when he said you shall not add to the word which means that the daba of god or the logos of god is complete it is total every single thing about the personality and the character of god is represented in the logos of god in the daba of god you cannot take from it neither should you add to it you shouldn't add the philosophies of men you shouldn't have the rudimentary wisdom of this world to the logos of god you shouldn't add the reasonings of men and the um, doctrines of demons to the logos of god the logos of god does not need any form of assistance the logos of god is complete total hallelujah in that the logos of god communicates the totality of the revelation of the person and the character of god very important for us to see this hallelujah very important for us to see this Praise God. So um, we rounded off in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, and num- um, Luke 24, 27. So if you missed last week's teaching, please go back and listen to it. Um, because if I start going through it, it will take our time. Praise God. Now, we are going to proceed. Um, we looked at St. Luke's 24, 27. Turn in there. Last week, I think that was one of the last scriptures we looked at. And I want to show us something very important for us to learn, all right, from all right, uh, these teachings and the way we are going to study the Word of God today. In Luke 24, 27, it says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning what? Himself. Now, remember what we said last week, that that word expounded is the Greek word deemenio. Deemenio, that is D-I-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-O, Deemenio. And what the word Deemenio means, it means to unfold the meaning of what he said, but better put, it means to translate into one's native language. To translate into one's native language. And I explained to us last time that why that word Deemenio was used was because the scripture all right, that Jesus used, all right, that was popular, all right, during the time of Jesus, was actually the Greek Septuagint. What is the Greek Septuagint? The Greek Septuagint is actually the translation of the Hebrew Bible, the originals, into the Greek language. 
And the reason why that was necessary was because after the um, nation of Israel were, were taken into captivity, all right, by Nebuchadnezzar and, you know, uh, many of them were scattered around the world, okay, uh, many of the Jews that were born did not speak the native language because they were not born, you know, in Israel. So, um, as time went on, it became necessary for them to put the Bible or the Old Testament writings in the lingua franca of the world, all right, of the known world, all right, which was what? The Greek language. So, when the Bible now talks about Jesus, you, you know, expounding, what that means is that because the disciples were not really well-educated men, most of the disciples must have spoken the native dialect, which is what, you know, Aramaic or Hebrew, all right? So, Jesus must have quoted from the Septuagint, then translated into the Aramaic and expounded the meaning of the prophet's words and what Moses said, praise God. So the Bible says, and beginning at Moses, all right, and in all the prophets, he expounded unto them the things concerning, all right, himself. Now, I want to show you very, very, something very important. The Bible says, Jesus said, and beginning at Moses. Now, that expression, Moses, all right, is representative of the first five books of the Bible. It is called, the first five books of the Bible, all right, otherwise called the Pentateuch, all right, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. But there's something I want us to see very powerfully, and it was something, it is something that is easy to miss. It, it, it is that Moses did not call the first book Genesis. The book we call Genesis was not so named by Moses. Moses did not name the second book Exodus. Moses did not name the third book Leviticus. Moses did not name the fourth one numbers, neither did Moses name the fifth one Deuteronomy. It wasn't Moses that gave those names. That is why when you see what Jesus said, Jesus did not say, and beginning at Genesis. He said, beginning at what? Moses. Because that was the name given to all the books Moses wrote. It was called Moses, the book Moses. So the book Moses had what? Five parts. So it was one book, but it had five what? Parts. The first part was Genesis. Now, let me now show you. Turn your Bible to the book of Genesis. I'll show you something. You see that word, the title they give you, Genesis there. And do you know why this is important? Because this is an aspect of biology. Because if you don't know that Genesis was not a name, or the name Genesis is not inspired, hallelujah, then you will not understand many of the things we are going to, share, we're going to look at today. Because Genesis as a name is not inspired. Leviticus as a name is not inspired. It was a name given by the compilers of the book. Does it take anything from the Bible? No, it doesn't. Praise God. I said praise God. Now, so look at that word in the book of Genesis. Genesis 1.1. It says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Is that correct? Is that correct? Now, the Hebrew title for the book, Genesis. Okay? The word in Hebrew for Genesis is the, is the Hebrew word Bereshit. All right, Bereshit. Now, let me tell you what the Hebrew rabbis did when they were compiling the Old Testament canon of scriptures. When they wanted to name the books of Moses, do you know what they did? They took the first words and used the first words as the name of the book. So, for example, they named the first book as Bereshit. And what does Bereshit mean? Bereshit means what? In the 
beginning. So if you turn to Genesis 1, 1, what does it say? It says what? In the beginning. So he calls it Bereshit. Now, if you look at the book of Exodus, turn there, Exodus 1, 1. It's Bible study. Exodus 1, 1. Turn to Exodus chapter 1, verse 1. Now, the name that was given to the second book of Moses by the, you know, by the compilers, okay, of, you know, of the, of the Old Testament canon, actually, is the, is the name Shemot. Shemot, that is S-H-E-M-O-T. Now, Shemot means names, okay? Names, that's what it means. So look at Exodus 1.1. It says, now these are the names. You see that? So they just took the first set of words and used it as a name for the book. The third book, Leviticus. Leviticus, in Hebrew, the name of that book is that, the, that is given in Hebrew in the Torah is the book is actually Vayikra. B-A-Y-I-K-R-A. Turn to Leviticus 1 verse 1. All right. And it, it, it actually means Vayikra is actually and God called. And God called. It says, and the Lord called. You see that? And the Lord called unto Moses. Vayikra. Praise God. Now, Numbers. Look at Numbers chapter 1 verse 1. Numbers chapter 1 and verse 1. Now, the book of Numbers, actually, in Hebrew, the name of the book, the third book of Moses that was given, was the word Benidbar. That's B-E-M-I-D-B-A-R. All right? And it means in the desert. Praise God. I said, praise God. Now, look how it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. That's in the desert, in the wilderness. You see that? Praise God. Now, why the final book is called Devarim. Devarim, which is, it means the words of Moses. Now, I thought to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1. Amen. So, by the way, you always know that this is not Sunday service sermon. This is a bit advanced. Hallelujah. So, we can do both. Amen. Now, Devarim. He says, this be the words which Moses speak. Can you see that? So, that means Deuteronomy, the words which Moses speak. So, that means Deuteronomy in Hebrew, the name of the book is called the words of Moses. Are you seeing that? Why Numbers is called in the desert. So, that means the revelations of God were in the wilderness, in the desert. Leviticus is what? Is what? The book that contains what God said to those he has called. Then, Exodus is what? The book of names. Okay? The names. All right, and Genesis is what Bereshit in the beginning. So the original names given to the five books in Hebrew were just the first words used by Moses in the book. Moses didn't give names to the books. Praise God. All right. Now, the names we find, are you following so far? Now, the names we find in um that are used, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, are actually, all right. The names that the Greek translators that wrote the Septuagint gave the five books. Now, they gave the names to those five books of Moses based on the summary of each book. Meaning, what were the books about? Since Moses did not name each book, what is the book about? Are you seeing that? So... Genesis, all right, in the Greek is Genesis. So that is talking about the book of generations. 
Genesis, the book of generations. So that means if you want to understand the genealogy and how things began, you go to Genesis. Then Exodus, all right, mean in, in, you know actually means in the in the Greek it means they to take out of. It talks about redemption to to escort out to bring out. That's what Exodus refers to. Leviticus speaks to the law of priests. That's what it means. It's the law of priests. Numbers is the book of numbering. Deuteronomy, all right. The word Deuteronomy actually, if you look at it, is two words: deuteronomos, deuteronomos. So deuteronomos. So nomos is law, right? Nomos is law. Detero is second. All right. Deuteronomos. So deuteronomos or Deuteronomy means the book of the second law. Now, why is it the book of the second law? It's the book of the second law because it speaks to, all right, what Moses wrote in, the, in a book after the first commandment was broken when he came down from Mount Sinai. You know, Moses was given the Ten Commandments, all right, after he spent 40 days there, all right, and after he spent 40 days there, he came down from the mount, and when he came down from the mount, the children of Israel had gone into idolatry, all right? Now, so that the law he brought down would not stand against the people, he shattered it and he broke it. Because where there is no law, there is no what? There is no sin. Because if that law was existing, or I was still there, if he didn't break it, it meant that the law he had received from God for them to keep was going to stand against them and was going to destroy them. So that is why you find out that Moses broke the law, all right, or shattered the stones and commanded the Levites, all right, he said, who is on my side? The Levites showed up. And he commanded the Levites to execute the um, the members of the Israeli nations who had given themselves to um, idolatry and 20,000 were killed and the anger or the wrath of God was abated. You understand? Because Moses knew that where there is no law, there is no sin. And where there is law, there will be what? Death and what? And destruction. Are you following? So Deuteronomy speaks to what? The book of the second law. Deuteronomos. You understand? So now very important. Very, very important. All right. Um, to see. So when the Bible says Jesus in St. Luke's Gospel 24 27 says, the Bible says, and beginning at Moses, he expounded unto them the things concerning what? Himself. What that means is that Jesus is in the book of beginnings. Glory to God. Jesus is in the Exodus. Praise God. It means Jesus is in the law of priests. The law of priests, which is the book of Leviticus, is divided into three, sorry, four parts. The first part, all right, in the book of Leviticus speaks particularly about the sacrifice, all right, the offerings, the sacrifice, you understand? They speak about the sacrifice from the perspective of the offerer, then he speaks about the sacrifice from the perspective of the priests, then the third part of Leviticus speaks about the um, cleansing of the priest or the preparation of the priest for the priestly office. Why the fourth part of the book of Leviticus talks about the atonement or the day of atonement. All of those things are talking about the ministry of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the sacrifice. The Bible says by one offering, he what? He had perfected forever. All right, them that are was sanctified. So he offered himself. So Jesus is the sacrifice, praise God. Praise God. Jesus is the sacrifice, praise God. Jesus is the atonement, and Jesus is also what? The priest. So in Leviticus, we understand, all right, that we see as a typology what Jesus Christ was eventually coming to do 
as the high priest, all right, and as the what the body of sacrifice that was what was going to be broken for many, all right. We see the blood, all right, of Jesus Christ used as a typology in Leviticus. So Jesus is in Leviticus. Glory to God. Then Jesus also is in Numbers, the book of Numbers, because the book of Numbers talks about the different members of the what of the nation of Israel. It talks about their names, it talks about their placement, it talks about their purpose, it talks about their function. It shows us there that God chooses, all right, tribes by election of grace. He determines who is in front, who is behind, who is by the side, who is to the left, and to, uh, who is to the right. So Jesus in the book of Numbers is a revelation of the body of Christ, that it is one body, but there are different tribes and different members and different ministries inside that one body. Praise God. Then the last thing we see is that Jesus is in the second law. That is, Jesus is in what? The Deuteronomy. So we find that the typology is that the first law was a spirit, was a law of what? Of sin and what? And death. But the second law is the what? The law of what? Spirit and what? Spirit of what? Of life. The Bible says that the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the what? The law of what? Of sin and death. So the revelation of Jesus is not fully seen in the first law. It is fully seen in what? In the second. It is a typology in the first, but it's a what? It's substance we are in the second. Glory to God. So that's how Jesus unveiled himself, all right, in all this. Now let us go to the book of Genesis. Genesis. Hallelujah. Genesis. Genesis chapter number one. And verse one. In Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, the word beginning right is the greek sorry not greek hebrew word reshit that is r-e-s-h-i-t-h all right that word reshit appears three times in the book of genesis three times in the book of genesis and i want us to read it three times so you see genesis chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth is that correct is that correct now look at the second time the book word reshit appears genesis chapter 10 and verse 10 Genesis 10 verse 10, look at it, it says, and the beginning of his kingdom, that word beginning is Rashid, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kane in the land of Shina. So, first, we have that beginning is used in connection with creation, in the beginning God created, is that correct? Is that correct? Now, the second thing we find is that beginning is used in connection to kingdom. Amen? And the beginning of his kingdom. Praise God. It's used in connection to what? To kingdom. Then look at Genesis chapter 49 verse 3. Genesis chapter 49 verse 3. He says, Reuben, this is Jacob talking to his son Reuben. He says, Reuben, thou art my what? My what? Oh, studio audience talking now. Thou art my what? Firstborn. My what? My might. And the what? Beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of what? Now, look, those words, pay attention to them. Pay attention to them. Pay attention. 
You see, because this is the first time that word firstborn was used in connection to beginning. Praise God. Because Reuben was supposed to be the typology, glory to God, of what? Of the Christ. All right? He was the one that was supposed to get the blessing. Are you following? But because of what he did, he lost it and he passed to who? To Judah. He says, you were the, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Firstborn. He says, you are my firstborn, and you are my reshit. Firstborn and reshit. Firstborn and reshit. So we see beginning, all right, used to refer to three things. Number one, creation. Number two, kingdom. And number three, what? Firstborn. Number one, creation. Number two, kingdom. And number three, firstborn. Please, I want you to write that somewhere because we are going to come to that later. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the word reshit appears twice in Exodus. We're going to go through all those things and take it slow. It appears twice in the book of Exodus. In, in Exodus 23 and 19. Those of you watching on YouTube, if you are learning, please put there, I'm learning, I'm following. If you are following, please let us know. It's very important that I know you're following. Hallelujah. Workers, remember, you're going to be sending your notes to me on the WhatsApp group. All right. Gen Exodus 23, 19. Sorry, Hannah. Lock the door. Lock it. Exodus 23 and verse 19. Can we read? One to go. What does it say? It says, the first of the word. Now, that word first there is the word Rashid. The beginning of the first fruit of thy land. The beginning of the first fruit of thy land. Thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not sit a kid in his mother's milk. So the first of the first fruit, the beginning of the first fruit. So the word reshit is also used in connection to what? To what? First fruits. Of what? Of a land. First fruit of the land. Look at Exodus 34 26. Exodus 34 26. The first of the first fruit of thy land. Thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. So you see again, first of the first fruits. Now, why is this important? As we go on, and we're going to see that in the law, the, the, the children of Israel were to bring the first of the first fruits. Praise God. All right. So that means the first to come out of the land belong to God. Hallelujah. Now, in the New Testament, we now find that God gave to us, or God gave to the world, Jesus Christ, the first begotten from the dead. So, just as in the Lord God asks for their first fruit, in the New Testament, God gives us his first fruit. God gives us what? His firstborn. Hallelujah. As the leader of the new race of men. So, you can see, you can see that uh, um, showed to us. Praise God. Now, in Leviticus, the word Bereshit appears uh, two times. Leviticus 2 verse 12. Alright? First fruit, same thing. I just want us to look at it. Leviticus 2 verse 12. Let's look at it. He says, as for the oblation of the first fruits, see that? Ye shall offer them unto the Lord, but they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet, all right, savour. All right? The first, that's the first fruit. Okay? Now look at Leviticus 23 and verse 10. Leviticus 23 and verse 10. He says, speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, when ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruit 
of your harvest unto what? Unto the priest. Unto the priest. So there is a reason why this is repeated again and again and again. First fruits. First born. Look at, in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of the second law, all right, we find that this word um, Reshit appears seven times. We are going to go to just two because of time. Seven times. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 21. Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 7. He says, And they shall answer and say, Ah, is that correct? Deuteronomy 21 7. Our hands have not shed this blood, neither have our eyes seen it. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy 33 21. Hold on, let me check this. All right. Can we read that quickly? Talk to me now. And what? And read now. Why are you keeping going? Sorry, the first one I gave was Deuteronomy 21 17, not 7. Let's go to Deuteronomy 21 17. <laughs> now, in Deuteronomy 21 17, there was this law was the law of the firstborn. This was how, according to the law, if a man had two wives, one loved and one hated, just like Jacob had Leah and who and Rachel. So if he had two wives, if he loved one and hated the other, he says that if the, the child, all right, the son of the one he hated, all right, is the firstborn, he says that the, the, the man will not cheat that child he does not like, all right? Um, the, the child of the woman he does not like of his rights of the firstborn. That that guy must get that right. Okay, let us back up to... Now, I think you can read it at some cost of time. I don't want us to spend this thing. But he says, look at it. He says, but he shall acknowledge the son of the hated for the what? For the firstborn by giving him a double portion of all that he had. For he is the what? That Rashid right there. For he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is what? Is his. So listen. When the Bible calls Jesus Christ the firstborn, he's talking about not just the fact that he rose from the dead. He's talking about someone that has what? Authority. Praise God. So when the Bible, notice that the name above every other name was given to Jesus in connection to his resurrection. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is him being the first begotten from what? From the dead. Which means he is the first to rise out of spiritual death. He is the first to defeat death, sin, and hell. He is the first. So because he is the first, the right of the firstborn is his. Glory to God. I said glory to God. The right of the firstborn what? Is his. So even though Jesus is the firstborn, is the first begotten, and we are born after his image, there is something Jesus has that we will never have. What is that? He is the first begotten. Praise God. He has the authority. So we worship him because he is different from us in that sense. 
Glory to God. He's different from us in that sense. He's the first. Because he is, we are. We take our identity from him. He is the pattern son. We look like him because of what he is and who he is. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Praise God. Before someone comes and says, I am Christ, you must understand what you're saying. You are not the Lord Jesus Christ. You are in him. You bear his image because you are born after him. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Uh-huh. So the beginning, he says that, all right, um, the beginning of the strength, of his strength, is the reshit of his strength, the firstborn. Now notice again, reshit is used in connection to what? Firstborn. Next one, Deuteronomy 33, 21. Deuteronomy 33, 21, what does it say? Quickly. Can we read it? I don't want to wait for... He says, and he provided the first part for himself. That is, he says, and he provided the first part for himself because there in a portion of the lawgiver was he seated and he came with the heads of the people. He executed the justice of the Lord and his judgment with Israel. Now, let us go there. I want us to read from verse, can we look at from verse uh, 15? Deuteronomy 33, 15, then we will read. He says, and for the chief things of the ancient mountains and for the precious things of the lasting hills. Next verse. He says, and for the precious things of the earth and fullness thereof, and for the good will of him that dwell in the bush, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph. See that? And upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. Praise God. The head of him that was separated from his brethren. Next verse. Now notice, it says, the head of him that was what? Separated from his brethren. That is Joseph. Now you know that typologically, Joseph is speaking of who? Of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Because Jesus Christ is the one that is separated from his brethren so that he can come and save his brethren. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it says, upon him that was separated from his brethren, his glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the tens, thousands of Abraham, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Next verse. He now says, and of Zebulun he said, rejoice Zebulun in thy going out, and Issachar in thy tents. Next verse. He now says, they shall call the people unto the mountain. There they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness. For they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of the treasures hid in the sand. Next verse. Now says, and of God, he said, let's be he that enlarged God. He dwelleth as a lion and teareth the arm with the crown of the head. He says, and he provided the first part for himself. Because there in a portion of the lawgiver was he seated. Hallelujah. And he came with the heads of the people. He executed the justice of the Lord and his judgment with what? With Israel. Okay, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we see here that the first part of the Rashid was given to, all right, the lawgiver. All right, so we have certain things, okay, that Rashid, all right, is used to describe or used to translate. So we have, it is used as the beginning. It is used as first fruit. It is used as firstborn. It is used as first kingdom. Praise God. All right. So kingdom beginning first fruit firstborn. Kingdom beginning first fruit firstborn. Are we clear? Kingdom. The beginning of his kingdom. First fruit. Firstborn. Hallelujah. Now. Since we've established those words, now let us go and check and see 
if in the New Testament Jesus is described as this. Revelation chapter number 3 and verse 10. Revelation 3 10. It says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. We shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. 11. Everybody read, want to go. It says, What? Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Next verse. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is in New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. Next verse. He now says, He that hath an hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the what? The Amen. It is done. The faithful and what? True witness, the beginning of the what? The beginning of the what? The beginning of the what? Notice, so Jesus is called the beginning of the creation of God. The beginning of the creation of God. You see, by the time we go, we're going to now go back to Genesis, so you will get it. So Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. So when the Bible says, in the beginning, God created, hallelujah, we cannot read it outside of the light of the firstborn. Are you following? Because when he says, is the beginning of the creation of God, he is referring to Genesis. Hallelujah. He is the beginning of the creation of God. So that means in Genesis, a story is being told that we must not miss. Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. Look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 8. Or let's start Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. So notice, we saw in all that we said from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, to Deuteronomy, that Reshit or the beginning was used in connection to what? Creation. Was used in connection to what? Kingdom. Was used in connection to what? First fruit. And used in connection to what? Firstborn. Praise God. Firstborn. So see this. Revelation 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the word? Faithful word. Faithful word. Witness. And the first begotten of the dead. One of these days, we are going to examine that word, faithful witness. And why Jesus is called the faithful witness. Witness of what? If he's a faithful witness, what was he witnessing? Because a witness is someone who beheld, who, who, was, who saw something. And he's telling you what he saw. Are you following what I'm saying? So if he's a faithful witness, what he's telling you when he says faithful witnesses means he's, a, he's witnessing something. So if you want to understand that thing, you need to pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Or who Jesus is and the message of Jesus. He says a faithful witness and the first begotten. Everybody see that? First what? That's firstborn. Alright? Of the dead. Praise God. Alright? Firstborn. Of the dead. And the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins, we are in his own blood. Hmm. Next verse, continue. He says, And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. All right, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Next verse, he now says, Behold, the coming with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced 
pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Next verse. This is where we're going. Verse 8. He now says, I am what? Alpha and what? The what? The what? The beginning and the what? So basically, he's saying, I am the Genesis. I am the Reshit. Praise God. Because the word beginning here, the word beginning in the Greek is Ake. A-R-C-H-E. It is the same word as Reshit in Hebrew. Is this clear? Is this clear? Alright, same word. So when he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, said the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the what? Almighty. So it means that what? The Reshit is the Almighty, and the Reshit is what? Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the one speaking in Revelation chapter 1. Hallelujah. So the beginning is God. The first thing we said is that Jesus is the beginning of the creation of God. Praise God. So when the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, praise God. When he says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that beginning, glory to God, is Jesus. Because Revelation 3.14 goes on to tell us Jesus, the beginning of the creation of God. Glory to God. That's why the Bible tells us all things were made by him. John chapter 1. Without him was not anything made that was what? Was made. So he is the beginning of the creation of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus, alright, the beginning is God. The Revelation 1.8. Now, number three is that Jesus is the one in the beginning. John 1.1. 1, 1. Because in John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. So when the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, John is telling you that the God that created the heavens and the earth, his name is called the word. And this person called the word became flesh. His name is now Jesus. Because in John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. So that means the word is the God in the beginning. So Jesus is the one in the beginning in John 1 1. Hallelujah. The next thing we see is that Jesus is the one, is the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Hebrews chapter 1. Are you following so far? Hmm? Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. Is this good food? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. He said, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even what? Thy God, and anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Next verse. It now says, And thou, Lord, in the what? In the what? The beginning, Rashid, okay, has laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of what? Of thy hands. So that means the heavens are the work of Jesus, the hands of Jesus, and Jesus is the one who laid the foundation of the earth. So wherever you see that word in the beginning, it is used to refer to, when you see the word Reshit, it is used to speak of Christ, the firstborn. Christ, the first fruit. 
Christ the kingdom and Christ the what? The what? The beginning of the creation of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 13. In here, we find out also that Rashid speaks to God having called man in Christ from the beginning. Amen. Look at it. It says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God had from the what? That means God had from Rashid, the beginning, that's Genesis, chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Where do we find sanctification of the Spirit? In the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, 3. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. All right. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord did what? Hovered upon the what? The surface of the deep. And God said, let there be what? Now. So we find, he says there, God said, let there be light. The light is the truth. Praise God. The light is the truth and the light is the word. Praise the Lord. Then the spirit is the one that offered upon the face of the earth darkness. So we are chosen to salvation by the sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number six. So the 15 is God chose man from the beginning. The 16 we see is that Christ is the Rashid, Christ is the Ake, Christ is the beginning. So Christ is the beginning. Christ is the beginning, the firstborn. Firstborn. Remember, the beginning of my strength. Thou art reborn. The beginning of my strength. Remember that? Remember that? So Christ is the beginning of God's strength. Christ is the the excellency of God's power. Christ is the excellency of God's power. Christ is the majesty of God's presence. The majesty of God's presence. The majesty of God's power. The excellency of God's wisdom. That is Christ. The description Jacob gave of the firstborn, hallelujah, is the description of Christ. That description in Genesis 49, verse 3, is a description of, the, that's the description of the firstborn. That was the, the beginning of my strength. Glory to God. The beginning of my strength. So if you want to understand the strength of Papa God, we look at Jesus. For Christ is the beginning of the strength. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Christ is the beginning, the firstborn. Colossians 1.18, look at it very quickly. Colossians 1.18, he says, look at it. Notice, let me show you something, listen. The word Rashid and the word beginning. If you look at the word Ake, I, I, I remember I didn't give you a, 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 a definition of Ake, right? Did I give you that? 
Ake Reshi. So, so you 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 find that the word Ake, you have principality. You know principality? It's Ake. Head. Ake. So Ake means that which is first. That which is a chief. The head of a thing, the chief of a thing, the first. That's what Ake is. So when he says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the what? The beginning. The what? Firstborn from what? The dead. That in all things he might have the what? Preeminence. So we can call Genesis. Pay attention. If Genesis is Rashid, and we've seen what we've said about that word Rashid. It's to use to firstborn, first fruit, and stuff. So it means that Genesis is actually the book of the firstborn. In that, if you want to understand the story of Jesus, you will understand the beginning of it in Genesis. Because the redemption story is begun in Genesis. It's in Genesis. You see, for example, do you know the story of the new creation is in Genesis? How do we look at it? Joseph. Joseph. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, look at it. Joseph was separated from his father, Jacob, rejected by his brethren. That means Joseph is a typology of Jesus. Is that correct? Now, he was rejected by his brethren, separated from his brethren, so that he could save his brethren. He goes into Egypt. Praise God. He goes into what? Egypt. Then in Egypt, he's put in prison. Hallelujah. He's good where? In prison. And he stays in prison for a certain number of years. Then when he is brought out of prison, glory to God, he is brought out not to the general populace, he is brought out to sit at the right hand of a king. Hallelujah. Now, the sitting or the exaltation of Joseph at the right hand of a king, praise God, then what follows it? His brethren now come to him. So, at his exalted state, all his brethren, his father, his mother, his entire people of the covenant, hallelujah, are now brought to him and he preserves them. And they don't see death that the famine is supposed to bring to them. What is that showing you? That shows you that the exaltation of Jesus is for the purpose of the believer. Praise God. Jesus goes to prison, hell, stays there. But when he rises up from the dead, he doesn't rise up the same way he went in. Glory to God. He went in as Jesus of Nazareth, but he rises up as the son of God with power. Hallelujah. Amen. With all authority. All power in heaven and the earth. He went in there as the Messiah, operating under Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. Amen. Reaching out only to the children of Israel, the Jews. Glory to God. But when he rises up, he rises up with authority to save all men, Jew and Gentile. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Amen. So Christ is the beginning of firstborn. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Now look at Romans 8.29, something similar. In Romans 8.29, it says something similar to that. Turn in there, Romans 8.28 and 29. 
He says, and we know that all things work together to good for good to them that love God. All right? Now, this translation, when he says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. There's something wrong there. And the reason why you have that translation like that is because, you see, if you look at the original um, Greek rendering, it's Greek, you get. So, um, I, I don't want to start doing that Greek thing here. But just know that, Look at the consistency of love and God in the epistles. The consistency is not our love for God, especially as it concerns predestination. Praise God. It is always about God's love for us. Let me give you examples. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You see that? So that means who loved the world? Who loved us? God. For God so loved the world that he gave. So that means in our state of sin, which is where God by predestination loved us, he gave his son. Amen. So it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not what? Perish, but have what? Everlasting life. All right. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 on that scripture. He says that, well, look at Romans 5, 8. let's go there. We'll come back to Romans 8, 28, 29. Romans 5, 8, what does it say? He says, look at it. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were what? Yet seen as Christ what? So that means the, 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 the consistency is the love of God to us. Not our own love to him. Are you, are you paying attention? So when he goes back, he says what? In Romans 8, 28, turn in there. When he says all things work together for good to them that love God. Something will be wrong with that. Because it is not our love for God that made him send Jesus. It is his love for us. Are you paying attention? Now, he says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are what? They called according to what? You see that? So that means the purpose is his. So the flow of thought is God, God, God. God's love, God's purpose. So this should actually read, and we know that all things work together for good to them that God loves, to them that are called according to his purpose. So it is, he loves the men according to his purpose. So when you look at that word in the next, look, look at the next verse, because he uses words like for knowledge predestination. So when you see that word for knowledge predestination, it's not talking, it's talking about God's position or disposition towards you before you existed. Amen. So that means before you were born, this is God's position towards you. So how can you love God if you have not been born? Are you paying attention? So if he says, for we know all things work together to good for them that love God. And he's talking predestination and foreknowledge. Because for whom he did what? For no. So for no is to know beforehand. So that means before you were born, he knew you. Glory to God. And Make provisions for you according to his purpose. So that is a demonstration of his love for you. Glory to God. It is God's love for us that spurs us to love him back. Our love for him is not what makes him love us. So it is a revelation of God's love to us that causes us to walk in love towards him. Amen. I said amen. Now look at 29. It says, For whom he did for know, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be what? 
firstborn. So you see, Rashid, firstborn. Firstborn among what? Many brethren. Firstborn means he is the what? The leading person. He is the chief of the race. Hallelujah. He is the beginning of the strength of God. He is the beginning of the wisdom of God. He is the excellency of his... You understand that? That is what he's saying. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 23. So this I'm teaching here, eh? you will want to have to go and listen again. You have to go and listen again. Oh. Amen. Alright, praise God. Hebrews 12 23. No, I don't teach this one on Sunday anymore. Because... Let us be keeping, let's be serving Papa on, on Sunday. Hallelujah. Pap. Let's do mid, midweek. Amen. Hebrews 12. He says, To the general assembly and church of the what? Of the what? Firstborn. Which are written where? In heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men, what? Made perfect. I've heard people say this spirit of just men made perfect. And I always wonder what they are talking about. The way they use it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't let me go into that because I'm always wondering because the context of spirit of just men made perfect, all right, it's talking about, all right, it's talking about who we are in Christ and that everyone in the kingdom, glory to God, is that he's not have been made what perfected in Christ. We've been made just and we've been made what perfect, complete. So it is basically new creation reality in that we are complete in Christ and all of that. Amen. Amen. Now, look at number seven. Hallelujah. The beginning. How the New Testament uses beginning. Alright? Number seven. The plan for salvation, alright, is the mystery of God, the, the mystery hidden God through Christ in the beginning. Ephesians chapter 3. And verse 7 to 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 to 9. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, even unto me by the effectual, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Next verse it says, What? Unto me, who am less than the least of all, say, Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? Pay attention. Next verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Which from what? The beginning of the world had been hidden. What? That beginning there, Ake, Reshit. Reshit is where? Genesis. Is that correct? Is that correct? He says that from the beginning of the world had been hid in God. Who created all things what? By Jesus Christ. So that mystery is hid in God, but we see it where? In Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the revelation of the mystery that is hid in God. Amen. Which is, look at the next verse. Verse 10. Alright, what is that mystery? 10. Ephesians 3.10, it says, To the intent that now unto the principality and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the man of widow of God. What's that? 11, it says, well, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed where? So that means the mystery was hidden where? In Christ Jesus. Next verse. He now says, well, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Next verse. He says, wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my depolations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees on the fire of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Alright, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Next verse, it now says, that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Uh -huh. That Christ may dwell where? In your hearts by faith. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. Now here is where he's going. Would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Next verse. And to know what? 
the love of Christ. That now which passes what? Knowledge. That he might be filled with all the what? Fullness of God. So that means the what God wanted us to know, which was a mystery, glory to God, hallelujah, is what? The love of Christ. Hallelujah. What is that love of Christ? The love of Christ is that God, all right, loves man so much that he gave eternal life as a free gift to every single one that we receive. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now, number eight. The eighth thing we see in the New Testament about the, the, the beginning is that Satan was a murderer from the beginning. So we see clearly that in the beginning, God is not the murderer. Satan is. God is not the murderer, Satan is. John 8.44 John 8.44 What does he say here? John 8.44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a what? Murderer from the beginning. That is, the beginning is Reshit. From the beginning. It says, and abode not in the truth. Now, notice when he says, abode not in the truth. When he says, abode not in the truth, it means the truth was offered. The truth was taught to Satan. When he says, abode not, it means he was in the truth at some point, but departed from it. He abode not in the truth. Now, what is the truth? John 14, 6. I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. So the truth is not a set of dogma. The truth is a person. Praise God. Praise God. And the truth is that life is in the truth. Life is in Christ. Amen. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It says, no man cometh unto the Father, but what? But by me. Hallelujah. 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 So Satan was a murderer from the beginning. Number nine. Christ, the word, was in the beginning. We've seen that first John chapter 1 verse 2. Christ, the word was in the beginning. Christ, the word, was in the beginning. Number 10 is that the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen, is in the prophets and the law. Look at Mark chapter 1 and verse 2. Or Mark chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Mark chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2. It says, the beginning, listen, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, praise God. Look at the next thing it says. He now says in verse 2, as it is written where? As it's written where? So that means the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ does not begin in Mark. It precedes Mark. So where? So where? The prophets. So it says, as it is written in the prophets. So because Mark wants to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ, but to tell that to you, he has to go to citing the prophets. Because the prophet and the law is where the beginning of that gospel is. Praise God. Praise God. What you have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the manifestation or the fulfillment of the gospel of Christ promised in the law and what? The prophets. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let's now go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. So we've said Christ is the firstborn, the beginning, first fruit, first begotten, the beginning of the strength of God manifested 
Glory to God. So it says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Hallelujah. Next verse. And the earth was without what? Form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, and the feet of God moved upon the face of the waters. So I've told you many times what that scripture talks about. Is that correct? When it says, and the earth was without form and void. The earth there is not referring to the geological, morphological station of the earth, the rocks, and all. No. The earth there is talking about what? Mankind. This is a description of the state of mankind. So he's talking about men were without form and void. Why were they without form and void? They were without form and void in relation to God's plan and purpose for mankind. He now says, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. That deep there is a collection of waters. Is speaking prophetically toward mankind. Men were in darkness. Glory to God. Praise God. Men were what? In darkness. He now says, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of men. Alright? The Spirit of God was trying to get men's attention. The Spirit of God was trying to get men to come out of what? Of darkness. But next verse, look at what it says. The Bible now says, and God said, let there be what? Light. So, there was darkness in men. Amen? The Spirit of God was hovering over the darkness in men. Men were essentially darkness. Remember, in the, in the epistles, the Bible says, Ye were once what? Darkness. Now are ye what? Light we are in the Lord. Ephesians 5. So you were darkness. Man, man is actually called darkness in the, in the epistles. Praise God. So it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Hmm. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. This God said, let there be light, and there was light. Interesting, right? Amen. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 5. It says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Look at verse 6. It now says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of what? Notice, where did the light come from? Where did the light come from? Praise God. Where did the light come from? The light came out of what? Darkness. So the light did not come away from darkness. There was darkness. And out of that darkness, light came out. What is that speaking to? That is speaking to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He was what? He died on the cross and he became one with us in darkness and sin, but God came and brought him out of darkness. So when the Bible says, God said, let there be light and there was light, that is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from what? From the dead. Now also, because he is the first to come out of darkness, he is the first to come out of darkness as light because he is the first he is now the firstborn son of the dead. He is the first begotten from what? From darkness. He is the first begotten from the dead. So when Moses is telling us here in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, he says, all right, and God said, let there be light. What is he telling you? He's saying that the shining of light out of darkness was as the instance of God. Hallelujah. So the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
uh, from the dead is at the instance of God. It is the work of God. Hallelujah. And that work of God is the raising of his first begotten. So Jesus, the light of God, is the firstborn of God. He is the first begotten from what? Come on now. He is the first begotten from what? From the dead. Is that correct? Now, now go to Genesis 1.26. Notice, the firstborn has been raised from the dead. Amen? Genesis 1.3. He says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. 2 Corinthians 4.6 says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, at shine in our heart, alright? So, that light that God commanded to shine out of darkness, that's Christ. That's the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Praise God. So, we have our firstborn, the first begotten from spiritual death in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Correct? Correct. Good. Now, go to 26. He says, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, this let us make man in our image. This image is referring to is the first begotten son image. Not the incarnate Christ, but the resurrected Christ. You seeing this? Are you seeing this? Why? Because it is the first begotten that God gave authority to. Philippians 2. Philippians 2 and verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, even the death of the cross. Next verse. Wherefore God also had highly what? Exalted him and given him a what? A name which is above every other name. Praise God. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven of things. So who did they give the name above every other name? The resurrected Jesus. The Jesus that defeated death. Is that correct? Is that correct? And this authority speaks to dominion. So the dominion that was given in Genesis 1.26 to man, who was created in the image of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we've said the image of God is what? The firstborn son. Praise God. Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1.15. It says, who is the image of the word? Invisible God, the firstborn of what? Of what? Of creation. So it is the firstborn of creation, the image of the invisible God that authority was given to. Man is made in the image or is made after the image and likeness of this firstborn son of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Genesis chapter 1 is Moses letting us know what God's original plan was. So Moses was saying, this is the plan. Genesis 1 is God's plan. Alright. Genesis 1 is what? God's foreknowledge and predestination in Christ. Genesis 1. Genesis 2, alright, shows you the formation of man. Genesis 3 shows you man's decision and death and sin. So, what Moses shows us is Genesis 1 is God's plan. Genesis 2 is God's provision for his plan. Genesis 3 is man's rejection of the plan. And Genesis 4 onwards is the story of God trying to get man back to Genesis 1. That's what the Bible is about. Hallelujah. That's what the entire book of Moses is about. One, Genesis 1, God's plan in his son. In his firstborn son. 
God's plan of dominion in his firstborn son. Genesis 2 is God's provision because Genesis 2 now tells you about the creation of the earth again. There was no land, there was no um, plant in the earth, uh, but God caused water to come from under the earth and, you know, and stuff. There was no man to till the ground. Then he talks about Eden. Then he talks about the provision of the tree of life. Then the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Then he talks about woman. Praise God. Then he talks about man going to bed. Praise God. Man, what, what you call it? In fact, in Genesis 2, God gives you another typology, praise God, of the resurrection. Praise God. That Adam goes to goes to sleep god puts adam to sleep but when adam wakes up there is a woman that was called alongside to help him in the uh, affairs of dominion showing you also a typology that it is when jesus sleeps in death and and rises from the dead that the church is giving all right to jesus all that are typology all right so you see the provision in genesis 2 in genesis 3 you now see man's rejection of god's plan praise god Praise God. So Moses is um, um, writing prophetically to us to make us understand the redemption story. That it was God who planned for us. It was us who rejected his plan. And now it is God that is now going to do every single thing he needs to do to get us back where he planned for us to be. So John 3, 16 calls that the love of God. For God so loved what? the world so every single thing god does to bring man praise god to that place where he comes back to god's initial purpose and plan is called the love of god hallelujah the love of god for god so loved the world amen he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what everlasting life now you know the truth about it is that we may think that god gave jesus on the cross in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the truth is this. God gave Jesus in Genesis. Notice he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Abraham did not perish. He had what? Everlasting life. Samson did not perish. He had what? Everlasting life. David did not perish. He had what? Everlasting life. Are you following what I'm saying? So, because they believed in Jesus before he came to pass. They believed in Jesus as a promise. So, God gave Jesus from the beginning. No wonder it says, the Lamb of God that was slain from what? From the beginning. Glory to God. Have you been blessed? I'm just to pronounce and just bless his name. I know many of you will still need to go and study this, listen to the message again. Then also listen to other messages I have taught on soteriology. Hallelujah. Amen. And all. And I think I have several teachings, teachings like that. But this will deepen your understanding. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just go ahead and just worship. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.